Hi, everybody. This is Jay. And this is Mark. And we'd like to welcome you to Backstage Pass. Each week, we take you behind the magic and inside Disney history, pulling back the curtains and letting you see the Disney magic and history up close. With an eclectic mix of entertaining topics, humor, and tons of information and details, we want to keep you learning and smiling. So for this week, here is your Backstage Pass. Looks like our wives and your kids are having fun. Ah, they love playing in the water. Yep. Oh, it sure is nice to have a little rest after working so hard on our last backstage pass segment. Mm Mm-hmm. Jay. Jay, your phone is ringing. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Hello? Yeah. Yeah, we're here at Typhoon Lagoon. Um, yeah. No, we'll get it done. Yes, I promise. Okay, talk to you later. Bye-bye. What did Ricky want? Uh, he was wondering if our podcast segment was completed for this week yet. Have we even started it? No, I don't think so. I suppose we should. Yeah, I suppose. You want to start? So what should we talk about? Maybe we should go back to the hotel and get a little rest before we try to record. Come on now. We need to get up and think. But who can think with the swaying palm trees and the warm, gentle breeze and the, the sounds of the waves? Hmm. Waves. Waves. Didn't the Polynesian Village Resort have a wave machine in the Seven Seas Lagoon when it was built? Yes, the machinery is actually still submerged there, but they discontinued using it because of the severe beach erosion that it caused. Right. A lot of changes have occurred within that resort area. Waves of changes. Uh Uh-oh, I sense a topic coming on. I know I have some info on those hotels that were planned. Um, look in the filing cabinet, bottom drawer. Let me see. Seas with Nemo and friends. Seabase Alpha. Seven Seas Resort Area. Here it is. Oh, thanks. That will be the perfect idea. A great topic for our segment. Hand me the recorder. Let's see. Hmm. Many things at the Walt Disney World Resort have been planned. But for each one built, many ideas have fallen by the wayside. Some for financial reasons, and some for changing guests' needs. And some, like the original planned Matterhorn for the Magic Kingdom, morph and become something else. In that case, Expedition Everest. The Seven Seas Lagoon has seen a whirlpool of change throughout the years. Phase 1 of the Walt Disney World theme park included the Magic Kingdom theme park, five resort hotels located on the Seven Seas Lagoon, an entrance complex, and golf courses. The five original hotels were the Temple Bay Resort, which became the Contemporary Resort, the Polynesian Village Resort, the Asian Resort, Venetian Resort, and the Persian Resort. Disney hotels are not just facades. They are extensions of the park, the ultimate dark ride, capable of immersing guests in an experience that lasts not just minutes, but their entire stay. 
The hotels on the Seven Seas Lagoon would serve as extended backdrops for the lands on the southern side of the Magic Kingdom. The contemporary sits behind Tomorrowland, the Polynesian behind Adventureland. The Asian would fall behind Adventureland, helping to maintain a broad but subtle sense of order. The Venetian Hotel, which looked very similar to the Italian pavilion in Epcot, was to be built between the Transportation and Ticket Center and the water bridge between Bay Lake and the Seven Seas Lagoon. The blue-domed Persian Resort, which looked slightly like the Taj Mahal, was planned for a parcel of land on the shores of Bay Lake near the Magic Kingdom, close to the area where Mickey's Toontown Fair resides. The Asian Resort was to be perched on a square piece of landfill that jutted out into the lagoon, where the Grand Floridian now stands. The roadway past the Polynesian was even named the Asian Way until it was changed to the Floridian Way when the Grand Floridian was built. The hotels were all to be on the monorail loop. The counterclockwise loop would begin just like it does at the Magic Kingdom station and curve around the lagoon to stop at the Asian Hotel. The track would then continue past the area where the wedding pavilion now sits and on to the Polynesian Village Resort. The monorail would then continue and bend back toward the lagoon with a stop at the Venetian Resort, then over the Bay Lake Water Bridge and on to the Temple Bay Resort. There, the monorail track would split. One path would follow into the area where the Transportation and Ticket Center now sits, and the other path would go along the shore of Bay Lake and stop at the Persian Hotel, continuing into Tomorrowland, with the line then running through the park and rejoining at the Magic Kingdom Station. The Tempo Bay Resort, now called the Contemporary Resort, and its companion the Polynesian Village Resort, were planned and were scheduled to be built using modular construction, a technique championed by U.S. Steel. As a matter of fact, U.S. Steel originally owned the hotels, and Disney was to run them, until Roy Disney determined that Disney needed to buy out the lessee. The frameworks of the hotels were to be built on-site and the rooms built and fitted in a plant three miles away. The original plans for the Polynesian Hotel showed the frame to be almost pyramid-like. The nine-ton rooms were to be hoisted into place by a crane and slid into position like a drawer. The original concept was for these rooms to be easily exchanged when needing to be refurbished, but when they eventually went to remove a room, the settling of the building made removal of the individual units impossible. The Contemporary and Polynesian were built for the opening of Disney World, with extensive plans for the next resort to be built, the Asian, on the drawing boards. In its 1972 annual report, the company announced that architectural work would soon begin on the Asian, which at the time was described as a 500-room hotel. Construction and the resort's opening were both planned for 1974. Several models of the hotel were completed, as well as some detailed elevation drawings. Construction, however, never got underway. As Mike Lee writes in Widen Your World, descriptions in Walt Disney World pre-opening publications showed the hotel to be tie in style, furnishings, and food offerings. It was essentially laid out in a large square, with a 160-foot-tall tower building near the center. Four massive A-frame windows faced out from the sides of this tower's upper level, which would serve as a themed restaurant and cocktail lounge. This restaurant, illustrated as an opulently appointed room with high ceilings and ornate statuary, would have been the setting for nightly dancing and stage show entertainment, much as the contemporary's top of the world was for many years a one-stop evening hotspot. The perimeter of the Asian would have been formed by its long outer rows of rooms, which would surround the inner courtyard on the three sides facing the water. 
On the far west side would be a separate building connecting the hotel to the Walt Disney World monorail line. The Asian was initially projected to house 600 guest rooms, 50 of which were to have been elegant suites in royal Thai decor. Two-thirds of the rooms were to have been located on the water of the Seven Seas Lagoon or in garden settings. The remainder were to be housed in the tower building, with views overlooking the lagoon and a central recreation area. What exactly would have sat in this recreation area is unclear, but plans definitely look to have included a large swimming pool. Also planned for the resort were some extensive convention facilities, which were to be located apart from and underneath the main guest areas. This suggests that the aforementioned recreation area might have been built up a floor or two above the ground level in order to leave room for convention halls below, a construction method employed successfully at the Magic Kingdom, where the park's main walkways sit an average of 15 feet above the ground level utilidor system, or tunnel. Exactly why the Asian Hotel was never built is unclear, but certainly the U.S. energy crisis may have played a contributing part. While the Gulf Resort Hotel did open in 1973, it contained a mere 153 rooms and was aimed at a specific market niche. Plans for additional accommodations were limited to the expansion of the Fort Wilderness Campground and some townhouse-style buildings in the Lake Buena Vista area. The Epcot Center construction news in 1982 also revealed additional plans that Disney had in the works for the Magic Kingdom Resort area. Dick Nunes, the president of the Walt Disney World Resort, stated plans to expand the Polynesian Resort and the Gulf Resort. He also showed concept drawings for three new hotels. The Mediterranean Resort, to be located between the TTC and the Contemporary, was a fairly modern-looking white structure with extensive rockwork and palm trees surrounding a large water feature. The Cypress Point Lodge, which would be located west of River Country Water Park and themed as a western hotel, which probably morphed into the Wilderness Lodge, and a new hotel built on the old Asian site replicating the great Florida hotels of the 1900s, the Grand Floridian Resort. He also reported plans to build a New Orleans section in the Disney Village Marketplace with a New Orleans hotel to be built. When you look at the history of the Walt Disney Resort, you realize how many plans and ideas have come and gone. Just like waves. Just like waves. If you would like to check out our source information for this topic or have questions or comments, please join us on the Inside the Magic forums. We love to hear from you. This is Jay. And this is Mark saying we'll see you next time backstage.